listening to the Employment Hour with Lior Sampuru and John Scholes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Eight minutes after 7 o'clock, the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour is upon you. It's upon us, and we are ready to go. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Employment matters, your job, your severance, your questions. We are all over this like a hobo and a ham sandwich, and we're going to take it right till 10 to 8 tonight. Lior, help at employmenthour.com, and we'll get to this in just a little bit as well. Severancepaycalculator.com as well. First, so we start every week with the week that was. What is happening? But wait, John, does that mean I'm the hobo? Yes. Well, then, wait, okay. that means I'm the ham sandwich? That's oh, good. there you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, that's a uh, – I'll give you some a couple of minutes to think of a different analogy. How's that? Right. <laughs> so thanks, John, and, and pleasure to be back here and to talk about uh, employment law and, and to hopefully educate and answer some questions that the people may have about their job, their careers, uh, you know, their work conditions. Maybe something is happening that they're not happy with. Uh, you know, these things can be very serious. And if something's going on and, and you don't know what your rights are, well, don't wander anymore. Don't uh, go on Google and try to find an answer to a serious problem. Call me. Call the show. Call me in the office. We'll give you my number and my email address quite a few times throughout this show today. Let's uh, let's resolve those problems. That's what I do for a living. I'm not a radio host. I'm only here to educate a couple times a week. The rest of the time I'm in my office working on matters, helping people, and then if you have any questions, there's no bad questions. Always, always happy to chat about your workplace rights. So let's start with the week there was some things that came across my desk. Uh, first thing I'll tell you about involved a uh, person who called me uh, because he was just curious. What he wanted to know is, is it okay that he doesn't get paid overtime? Uh, the reason why he wasn't getting paid overtime is because he says he's a manager. Mm. And what I told him initially is, yeah, a manager, managers generally are exempt from overtime. If you're a real manager, no, you don't get overtime, and uh, the company can can make you work extra hours without extra pay. Well, I then asked some questions, and I found out that this person is in sales, and he had the, t- the title of uh, account manager. But he actually wasn't a manager. There was no managerial duties. It was kind of a a fancy title. But no one reported to him. He didn't have financial decisions that he could make. It was just a title. But in reliance on the title, the company said, well, you don't get overtime because you have title in your manager. That's when I said, well, wait a second. If you're not a real manager, it doesn't matter what your title is. If you're not a real manager, then you get overtime. Because otherwise, think about it, John. Anyone can just be called the manager, sure. uh, and, and that means they don't get overtime. Oh, well, obviously, that's not the case. So this guy has not been getting overtime for for years. The company's been withholding overtime illegally, and that's wrong. Now, overtime generally is paid for any hours worked more than forty-four hours a week. It get, gets paid as time and a half. Doesn't matter if you're on salary or hourly; you still get overtime. So this person now has the option to pursue his overtime. He can go back two years, in fact, to pursue that overtime, and he's thinking whether he wants to do that. But I wanted to raise this here with our, our listeners as a, as a lesson, that you get overtime if you work as long as uh, you're not exempt, and if you're a, a real manager, if people report to you, you're, you have decisions that you're able to make and authority that you have, then you may be exempt. If you just have a fancy title, but you're not a real manager, then guess what, John? Overtime has to be paid. One eight five five. Pardon me. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred one triple eight two two five. Talk. Those are the two numbers. The second one is toll free. By the way, we'll get right to our phone calls as we like to do. Uh, Asa, is it in London? Hello there. Asia. Asia, how are you? 
Hi, Asia. Hi. Um, I was just uh, had a question. Um, I have a booked holiday. It's one day, um, and um, my boss agreed to it. And now uh, he's trying to say that I have to work. And I'm just wondering um, what can be what can be done. Do I have any rights? So initially, you asked for the holiday. Your boss said, yeah, no problem. And then at some point, your boss changed uh, his mind. Is that right? That's right. Now, how long ago, or sorry, uh, how, for how long ago was it approved? And when is the holiday? When are you supposed to take it? Um, it's, it was probably approved about a month ago, and um, the holiday is next Friday. Now, have you made any plans and reliance on that, on a book the ticket or plan something? Yeah, that... well, it's, I'm traveling over the border for a concert, which I've already bought tickets for, booked hotel, etc. Well, th then th that's important because if you've done something in reliance on it, you've spent money in case you bought tickets because you, you, you went through the proper channels and your boss has approved it, then, yeah, they can't just take it away from you. They can't just change their mind. It's one thing if you just decided, told your boss, and your boss says, well, wait a second, I didn't approve that. But that's not what happened here. So I think the best course of action here is to talk to the boss and explain exactly what happened. And, you know, you've made these plans only because he said that it was okay. And, you know, you're, you're happy to, to uh, be flexible in the future. But in this case, you want to take your vacation. Ultimately, I can tell you from a legal standpoint, they can't punish you for it. If they do, you can give me a call. I'm not saying they're not going to try to punish you. All I'm saying is that from a legal standpoint, they should not be doing it. Okay, okay. Asia? Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Asia. Appreciate that. And we'll get to uh, to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, good evening. How are you? Evening, gentlemen. A uh, question I have is uh, I have a friend who works. She's in sales. She works for a, a company who sells um, memorabilia at, um, <clears throat> at a Costco, a traveling show. Right. So she's been with this company for about eight years. Um, you know, she gets paid an hourly salary. Um, when she travels, you know, certain things are paid for by the company. Some things are her own expenses. So she doesn't, she didn't open herself up as a, as a company, but she still writes off certain things such as gas, mileage, and et cetera, right? Right. So recently, uh, the company's sales are, are not doing as well. They used to have two shows going at different times at different areas. Um, now they had a cutback, and, you know, she got let go instead of family. Um, she got no severance. Is she not entitled to severance? Now, Jimmy, how long has she worked there for? Eight years. And specifically, like, I mean, she has to give them, like, she has to give him her schedule, her availability, which is seven days a week, right? And then occasionally she says, okay, I'm taking a vacation. That's her time off. But anyways, any seven days, and she's got to wait for her schedule. She doesn't work right. for anybody else, exclusively for him. Now, now, how many days usually would you work in a week on average? About uh, about four days, three to four days. Okay. She's still getting about over forty hours a week still. And and what would she be earning? From, um, roughly, I'm trying to guess. Uh, we'll say about thirty-six, maybe forty thousand okay. a year, give or take. So, so let me let me answer that question. There's only two possibilities here. She's either in the eyes of the law considered an employee or what we call a dependent contractor. She's not an independent contractor because she works exclusively for them and worked for them for a long time. There's no way she's an independent contractor. So what does that mean? That means that regardless of whether she's an employee or a dependent contractor, 
She is owed severance. Absolutely she's owed severance. There's no possibility to let her go without. And after those years, again, depending on her age, it could easily be owed a month's pay for every year that she's worked, something like eight months' pay. So that's obviously going to be significant, uh, Jimmy. So, no, what they've done is wrong. And the good news is this should not be difficult to resolve. So I would have her give me a call as soon as possible. Let's get this resolved. And the reason why I say as soon as possible is if the company's having financial difficulties, I want to make sure we get her the severance before they maybe go out of business, right? So that's why time yeah. here is important. I wouldn't sit on it. I think she should give me a call right away. Okay, will do. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jimmy. That number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 We'll get to uh, to Anna. Hey, Anna, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's happening with you? Okay, quick question. I'm calling on behalf of my son. Uh, he's mm-hmm. actually been off work for the past eight months on a disability leave. Right. Okay. Now, he is able to go back to work now. He's presented the employer with the doctor's note. He is ready to go back. But they are requesting that before returning to work, he um, he undergo a drug test. Can they do that? Now, was he off because of a of a drug problem? No, no, he was not, and that was stated in the doctor's note that uh, so, that uh, so there's no there was real no drug, there was no, no abuse. That's no abuse and, and no real reason that you can think of as to why all of a sudden they decided that they need a drug test? Well, they say that uh, it's, it's what they do. When a person has been off for a certain amount of time, before returning to work, they want the employers to undergo a drug test. And what kind of a job? What does he do? He's an arborist. Okay. Well, so, so he's not operating, you know, heavy equipment or working on no. electrical lines or anything like no. that? No. Okay. So I can, I can tell you here without any hesitation, any hesitation, that that's, not only is it wrong, it's actually illegal. To, okay. to ask for that. It's a violation human of the rights, Human right? Rights Code. Yeah, it's That's a violation exactly of the Human Rights Code. That's what I was saying, yeah. Now, okay. if there was a, a concern of drug abuse, let's say we, they knew that he was off work because of a drug abuse, or he's working in such a safety-sensitive position that even the tiniest, smallest uh, risk could be fatal, then there may be a bit of leeway in, what mm-hmm. you're, in the situation that you're describing, Anna. It's not even close. You're right. So the reality is he is well within his right or his rights, I should say, uh, to say, no, I am not going to do that. And if they punish him, if they fire him, if they don't let him come back, that's a human rights violation, not not to mention that that would be also considered a termination in the eyes of the law. Right. Uh, so he has rights here, and, and yeah, I wouldn't let the employer get away with that. Okay, perfect. So we will, we will continue to fight it then. Perfect. And any, any help, any issues that you have, give me a call. And at that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You have help at employmenthour.com as well. And to call in the show tonight to around 10 to 8, no problem, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five. talk That number is toll-free. You mentioned with Jimmy back there, you mentioned he's either a, an employee or a dependent contractor. Both those completely separate from an independent contractor. So if it doesn't make any difference when it comes to severance, wherein lies the difference between a dependent and a full employee? So we all know what an employee is, right? An employee is someone that has a job, works for a company, the company tells them what to do, etc. Well, a dependent contractor is someone that's not quite an employee. They are in business for themselves. They're operating their own business. They have more flexibility than an employee. But because they get all or most of their compensation from one company, they're financially dependent on that company. Mm. So what the law says is if if you're going to be 
in such a huge jam if this company lets you go. If it's going to be disastrous to you, then we're going to make this company pay you severance because you're so financially dependent on them. So that's why you may be someone that's not an employee and still be owed severance. But I want to make it very clear, and depending on our time, we may talk about it a bit later, is most people are actually misclassified. Most people that are called independent contractors are not. They're either employees in the eyes of the law or dependent contractors. So if you're an independent contractor and the company lets you go and they say you don't get severance because you're an independent contractor, I bet you anything, in most cases, that's wrong. That's nonsense. And you're actually an employee and you're owed full severance. We'll try to get to another caller before we take a short break. Is it Satan? Yes, hi. I'm hey, man, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. What's going on? Um, I have a student. He's part of my after-school program. Uh, he works for Canadian Tire. And uh, his last paycheck, he worked uh, about 18 hours, and they only paid him for nine hours. He told me that uh, there's other employees since about the Christmas holidays. Uh, they've been working for 30-plus hours, and they've been paid for less than uh, nine or around 10 to 15 hours on their last, most recent paychecks. So I'm not really sure what kind of advice to give him. I'm not really sure what he should be doing or what steps he can take. He's, uh, he's only 17 years old. Wow. Yeah, and it sounds like a company that's trying to take advantage of, of some young folks there and hoping that they won't do anything about it. So obviously uh, a person doesn't need to be a legal expert to know that that's nonsense, that's wrong. You can't have someone work and not pay them for that time. So it, it's the most basic tenets of, of employment law. You work, you get paid, done. So the, the, the best recourse here, frankly, is to go to the Ministry of Labor and to file a complaint. This could be resolved very quickly. In fact, once the company knows that a complaint is filed, they'll pay immediately. The problem is, and I think that's probably what they're counting on, is that because this is a young guy and he wants his job, he may not want to do that because he's not going to want to upset the company. The reality is that unless he convinces them to pay, them, to, to pay him, the only thing that he could do is go to the Ministry of Labor. Or you can go to me, and I'll send them a letter. But the Ministry of Labor probably works really well here. Uh, I would tell them to stand up for his rights. They're taking advantage. It's completely and utterly illegal. And the moment that they know you filed a complaint, they'll pay him the money. I guarantee you. Satan, I appreciate that call. We'll take a short break. Frank, we'll get to you as well. And for your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk and help at employmenthour.com. The Employment Hour continues. Global News Radio. At 725, the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, right to around 10 to 8, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That is toll free. And if you haven't caught it yet, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., you will catch the Employment Hour in 30 that is happening on global tv as well right back to it we go to your phone calls uh thanks for hanging in there uh, jamie hi jamie how are you hi i'm good um i had a question um now i actually have a friend who had just recently came to canada um last he came here last august of 2017 and he's actually been working at a company but he's not getting paid the proper wages for international students, and the company seems to be not paying him his tips because he works in a restaurant, and they're actually keeping his tips. And his salary, he's only making um, $9 an hour, mm. and it's definitely uh, under the table. And he's basically had said to me that 
he's basically being cheated out on his pay and he's not being paid properly and he's and be, and because he's not um you know like uh have his his um uh, permanent residence what can he do in terms of getting his proper pay and getting his tips so it's a great question and obviously uh you know again it's illegal of course to to underpay or to not pay someone and to withhold money uh it goes against the, the most fundamental uh principles of, of work of course so the best advice is i told the previous caller is go to the ministry of labor uh put that on their lap tell them do something about it and they will and they will do something about it quickly Alternatively, you can get me to send the company a bit of a threatening letter. Happy to do that. But one of those two things have to happen. You go to the Ministry of Labor on that, or you come to me. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, I, I mentioned the Ministry of Labor, John. Just quickly before we go to yep. our, our, our next uh, caller, uh, I want to mention, you know, it's okay absolutely to go to min the Ministry of Labor if it's overtime issues, vacation issues, unpaid wages. Absolutely, yes, you can and you should do that. When you cannot, under any circumstances, go to the Ministry of Labor is if you lost your job when it comes to the issue of severance. And, and yeah. that's not an opinion. That's a fact. And the reason why that's the case is that the Ministry of Labor can only help you get your minimum entitlements, your, your, which is really a small portion of what you're actually owed if you lost your job. And by filing a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, if you lost your job, you give away and give up the right to pursue your full entitlements, and you can find out later that you lost tens of thousands of dollars. So if you lost your job, you cannot go to the Ministry of Labor, you cannot go to the Labor Board, you have to call an employment lawyer, call me, I'll help you get that. It's not difficult, but you can't go to the Ministry of Labor. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk is the number tonight. Got uh, Frank online. Hey, Frank, thanks for hanging in. How are you? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, so just as a little background, I've been on dis long-term disability now for three and a half years. Um, the company had recently reached out, uh, actually about a year ago, to say that my position was no longer available. Uh, additionally, uh, just a few months ago during a, review, a routine review period, uh, they had said that depending on when you tell us you're going to return, we might uh, fire you and terminate you and let you go. Um, in addition to that, they had also said that um, if you are ready to return within a relatively short period of time, then you would have to attempt to find a job uh, within 30 days unpaid uh, with the company. So my question would be, um, is there anything illegal about that? And it just seems like the uh, you know atmosphere would be untenable for me to return to, but I'm not sure if there's any action to be taken now or if I wait till my next review period. So, so did they make it clear to you that that really there's only two options: either they let you go when you come back to work, or you have to work on an, in an unpaid position. Those are the only options. Well, it wasn't working in an unpaid position. It was uh, if you are ready to come back uh, right now. Uh, you have 30 days unpaid to re-interview for right. uh, for a potential position, any position within the company. If you can't find a job within that time, we'll let you go. Um, but in addition to that, if you don't return within what we consider to be a reasonable amount of time, uh, then we'll just fire you. And that's regardless of what the doctors say, even mm -hmm. if they're saying he will be ready to return to work at some point. Now, is there a possibility that at some point, be it soon or, or, or not soon, but is there a possibility you'll be able to go back to work? Yes, there is. Okay, yeah. good. I mean, I, I've been actively employed for 20 years. Okay, I understand. 
So, you know, ultimately, it's a question of whether or not we could treat what they've done and what they've said now as a termination. Clearly, uh, if you were to go back to work and you didn't have a job, even if they said you don't have a job but you have to apply for another job, that alone is not good enough. Uh, you don't have an obligation to apply. They would owe you full severance. So if really your only options, and they've made it clear, is either no job or maybe you can apply to something, but other than that, there's no job, yeah, I think you can treat your employment right now as being terminated, if that's what you want, and get your severance. So I, I, you absolutely can do that. Now, are you receiving long-term disability benefits? I am, yes. So there's a reason why you may not want to do what I just said, and that is if you... Uh, if we pursue this now, you get severance. Let's let's use an example. Let's say you get 18 months pay. I just picked a number here. Well, sure. then your your LTD insurers potentially is going to stop paying you. Ideally, what you want is you want to be on LTD until you're you're off it and until you're better and able to go back to work, and then get your 18 month severance. Right? You want right. to get both. So, yeah, frankly, I, what I, I would do with this is I was I would make sure that they know that you're working on getting better that this is not a situation where they're, they're not going to hear from you. Tell them that, or even better, give them something from your doctor that says that. And then when you are ready to be, to go back to work, uh, then say, hey, I'm ready. And at that point, assuming correctly they don't have a job for you, we can get you your severance. I think that's better for you to do it then than to do it now, because now you'll just end up essentially giving it back to the LTD insurer. Right. Are there any exceptions to that rule where the severance um, is completely separate from what they're paying through LTD? The the LTD insurance company is allowed to say, well, if you have income, which in severance is considered income, we're not going to pay you for that period of time. So, so you know, it, it's, really, it's not really about your employer. It's about the insurance company. So the insurance company is very likely, and they're, unless they're being super generous, which they usually are not, uh, to, to, to not pay you. So... I don't think this company is going to have you back. I just think that it, it benefits you to get your severance once the LTD is off. But if you don't care about that, if you want your severance right now, I can help you get it right now. So think about it. Whether if you want it now, no problem. Otherwise, I would wait till you're off the LTD, whether it's a month, six months, a year. And at that point, let's make sure you get severance. After 20 years, it's going to be very substantial. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. That number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll get to uh, Arthur. Hey, Arthur, how are you? Hi there. I'm calling for a friend. So when minimum wage, minimum wage went up, right after New Year's, um, the company decreased uh, my friend's pay closer to minimum wage. She was making above minimum wage. There was no letter. It was just pretty much a meeting. They said, we're keeping your pay. At the same time, they're also changing her hours of work, and she's a single mother taking care of her family, so she cannot work different hours than she has worked for the last four years. At the same time, there's been history of abuse from the supervisor, physical abuse, where they're hitting the employees as well at the same time. Wow. Uh, Headbutting and such not, and demonizing vocabulary to the employee that She's been doing her job for four years. She knows what she's doing, but they treat her like she's not. The problem is with this company, the HR management is very close to upper management, with personal relationships and such. 
So, Arthur, here's the thing. Uh, l- l- let's put the abuse aside for a second. I'll come back to it. Uh, but would, if they're reducing her compensation, reducing her pay, reducing her hours, that's illegal, okay? That they can't do that. doesn't matter what their reason is. So we have them on that. And what I mean is now that she could potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal, that means she can leave with severance. It could be as much as six months pay for her, the severance that she gets. Now, the, the problem is this. The problem is if this happened at the beginning of January or at some point in January, right now we're in February, that window is, is about to close any day now. Because once the company implements changes, you have to do something about it right away. Otherwise, you're considered to have accepted those changes. So I literally think she needs to speak to me immediately. You know, if she can call me tomorrow morning, that's how urgent this is. So so that that can't wait. Now, on the abuse front, obviously, you you know that. You don't need me to tell you that's completely illegal. You can't do that. It's criminal, by the way, if, if there's hitting. So that's something else I need to talk to her about. It uh, about Obviously, we need to get her out of that workplace with compensation. So, so you know, you're calling for a friend. You're a good friend for calling the show. But continue to be a good friend and tell her to give me a call in the office as soon as possible. What about changing her hours of, uh, of work, that she's been working those same hours for four years? Well, sorry, what, that's, they, they can't do that. That's what I mean. That's a constructive yeah, dismissal. That's another thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. They cannot, okay. So we, we, we have them, uh, you know, we have them completely on constructive dismissal. My concern is that if it's been a few weeks... She's getting to the point where the law may say, well, it's kind of too late to do something about it. You've accepted it. That's what I don't want, Arthur. I understand. Thank you very much. Thanks, Arthur. Thank you, Arthur. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Do not hesitate tomorrow. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour.com. Uh for you as well, got lots of time to call in to about ten to eight and it's four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That number is uh toll free as we move forward here. Hey Fred, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? Um Okay, my wife, she well, she works, and she one of her employees are bugging her, harassing her, yelling at her, and all stuff like that. So she wrote a harassment letter to her employer, figuring it would do something. Um, so she wrote that on a Thursday, and that following Monday, the boss went on holidays for a week. And while he was gone, um, the employee that made who harasses her, he took photocopies of so-called mistakes that she made and when he boss came back showed him and then he confronted my wife on her desk in front of everybody and you know just kind of said stuff something's got to change now my question is is that looking for a reason to get rid of her or well first of all with respect to the harassment fred if your wife did what she's supposed to do, and good for her. It's exactly what she was supposed to do, is to write a letter and, and put her concerns and problems in writing. The company is under a strict obligation to investigate, okay? Irrespective of what issues they may or may not have with your wife's performance, they have to investigate, and, and, and they have to take it seriously. They have to talk to her. They have to talk to the other guy and, and anyone else that may have information, and ultimately make a, a reasonable decision. And if the decision or the conclusion is that your wife is being harassed, they have to take disciplinary measures against that other person, maybe uh, to, to suspend them or maybe even to let him go. So they have to do that. And if they don't do that, okay, that, that, that's actually illegal and that could be a constructive dismissal. Uh, in terms of are they trying to let her go? Potentially. Now, if, if 
if there's legitimate concerns with her performance, they're allowed to deal with it. Uh, so I, I need to know more about whether those you know concerns or those issues were legitimate or if it were just essentially made up excuses. Because if they confront her and if they punish her for things that are really she didn't do anything wrong or, or it's not a big deal, that's wrong as well. But I think as a first step, she needs to go back to them on this harassment issue. And she needs to tell them, I need you to deal with this. And she needs to put that in writing. Follow yeah. up with them in writing. Say, you know, I sent you a letter on uh, January 5. Uh, I haven't heard from you. Can you please let me know what's happening with this? Put that in writing. Because if they still don't, uh, still don't deal with it, then we may be in a position to say enough is enough. That's a constructive dismissal. Uh, and, and be able to get her out of there with compensation. So I would push back on that, put things in writing, and if things get worse, okay. if she gets punished, uh, suspended, uh, warned, have her give me a call. Have, make sure she doesn't sign anything, and have okay. her give me a call, and I can kind of hold her hand through this process. Okay. Thanks, yeah, Red. Yeah, okay. yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. They, they haven't dealt with anything. They haven't told her anything, and nothing's happened. So she needs to follow up, Fred. She needs, and okay. again, in writing. You know, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. Even email is fine. You know, you don't even need a, yeah. like a, a separate hard letter. Email works great. Uh, so have her follow up with it in writing and, and, and kind of put their feet to the fire. And if they don't do anything or if they do something that's kind of, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, superficial, they don't really try, they, they pretend that they've done something, that's wrong as well. Have her okay. give me a call if that happens. Uh, I can either you know, give them a kick in the pants or get your wife out of there with compensation. Fred, that number, one 821 5900 You want to call the uh, station tonight until about uh, 10 to 8, about 8 or 9 minutes from now. Lots of time, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk That number is absolutely toll-free. You know, we talked about at the beginning of the show, and that is the uh, top mistakes individuals make when compromising their legal rights. You went on uh, a little bit about contracting the, uh, the Ministry of Labor. It's okay for overtime and vacation and all that stuff, but never, ever, ever when it comes to several they got to contact you. That is the place to go. How about online advice? I know you love this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> online advice. Uh, and, you know, we're going to talk about it more on the weekend uh, show. But it, there, there's so many places where people can get wrong information. My God, it's all around us. And I've seen people go online on message boards or on, uh, you know, websites that have to do with electronics, whatever it is, and try to get information and advice about their employment situation. Mm. Horrible idea. You know, employment is important. Uh, when it comes to severance, we could be talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Are you really going to ask some, some anonymous guy on a message board uh, whether you should be getting tens of thousands of dollars? That, that's ridiculous. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you wouldn't trust your, your investments, your mutual funds, to some anonymous guy on a message board. Why would you ask him about your severance? It's ridiculous. So you have to make sure you get your advice the right place from the right person. Give me a call. Go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much you're owed. Call another employment lawyer if you don't like me. That's fine. But get your advice from a proper, good, reputable source. Trust me, you will regret it if you don't. Nobody gets a degree from Google Law School. That's never I happened. I tried. They don't give them, John. <laughs> they don't. Right. It's, it's no, amazing. It doesn't work. You have it doesn't to matter how much school. you want to pay. <laughs> it's true. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, or one triple eight two two five talk and toll free to call through for the remainder of the show here. Uh, top mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights, sign employment agreements without even knowing what they're signing. 
you know, an, an employment agreement is such an important document, and and people oftentimes don't realize just how important it is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you just found a job and you got a job, you're happy, you're excited, you're gonna uh, look at your salary in the employment agreement. You're gonna look what your bonuses, how much vacation, and if those things are fine, you're gonna sign. You're gonna think this is the best deal ever, and you know maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. There could be other terms in an employment agreement that are, are costly or could be very costly to you if you don't pay attention to them and they could cause you problems. There could be terms in there that limit your severance. So you may sign an agreement not realizing that effectively what you've done is you've already given up tens of thousands of dollars in severance that would otherwise be owed to you. And six years later when you're let go and you get six weeks pay instead of eight months pay, you'll realize that, that, that you signed a bad agreement. Or there could be terms in an employment agreement that allow the company to change your job, to change your compensation, to demote you, to relocate you. There could also be terms that say that if you leave, you can't work in the industry for two years. So you may have signed an agreement that says the company can let you go at any time, pay you almost nothing, and if that happens, you can't work in the industry for two years. So you have to be very careful with employment agreements. It's not just about salary. It's not just about what the vacation is. You have to read it carefully. If something there is not clear, get someone to clarify it. Call me. Let's talk about it. Uh, if your employer puts something in the agreement, it's there for a reason. And usually it's not to benefit you. And, of course, if you already have a job and your company comes to you out of the blue and say, Hey, employee, we just decided we want you to sign an employment agreement now. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Right. I can almost guarantee you that that employment agreement is going to take away a lot of rights that you have. So an employment agreement, John, is a very, very, very important document, and way too many people don't pay proper attention to it. You know, another top mistake, in fact, it's probably the uh, one of the grassroots reasons why we started the show almost five years ago, and that's people sign a severance letter without understanding what they're actually signing, owed, or getting. Yeah, th that is the biggest mistake, and it's the biggest mistake because it's the most costly. Uh, it, it literally costs you money, and it, it hurts you in the pocket. Uh, so many people accept severance offers, God, and I say so many people, I say that most people, uh, despite the fact that we've been able to educate thousands and thousands of people on this show, still, most people today accept inadequate severance, and oftentimes not even realizing it. And when they do realize it, it's too late. If you're looking at a severance offer, I can almost guarantee you that it's inadequate. Most are, okay? It's not because your employer is, is doing something different. It's just most severance offers are inadequate. Your employer often hopes that you'll accept it because you won't know any better. So if you sign it and later on it turns out that you shouldn't have, later on it turns out that, wait a second, you were owed another 10 months pay, it's too late. You can't do anything about it. So that is probably the biggest mistake that people make that compromises their legal rights, that gives away their legal rights. And I've had to uh, give the bad news to many people over the years where they've come to me for help, and I've told them, I can't help you because you've already signed off on the severance letter. The time right. to speak to me is before you signed off. Ignore that deadline. Every severance letter has a deadline. We'll talk more about deadlines on the weekend show. But ignore the deadline. The deadline is meaningless. Take the time you need to call me to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Please, please, please don't make that huge mistake. You and your family need to make sure that you get every dollar that's legally owed to you. 
Again, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out an amount is really easy to you. About uh, 400,000 seriously plus people have tried that and use it and seen the number that comes out at the bottom. You should try it as well. Help at employmenthour.com. That's for email. Sandra writes in, says, uh, says I've been given notice uh, that my employment will terminate in three months. Can I get severance if I quit before that three months? So, you know, oftentimes uh, people ask me that question. You know, no one likes notice of termination. Frankly, if you're going to be let go, I'm sure most people would just rather be let go now rather than being told that we're letting you go two, three, four months from now. But here's how this works. Uh, The fact that you've gotten notice doesn't, doesn't mean you don't get severance. You may still get severance at the end of that, but the problem is if you resign before then, so if the company says, oh, I'm going to give you notice that we're letting you go May the 1st and you resign uh, March the 1st, well, that's considered a resignation. Even though the company was going to let you go, because you left before the company actually did it, you've resigned, and that means now you don't get any severance. So it's up to you. If you need to resign because you found another job, no problem. Oh, go ahead. But you have to understand that you're, you're going to be giving up your severance the best advice I'm going to give you is if you lost your job, you got notice, call me so we can find out how much more severance you're going to get at the end. Rick, I got about a minute. Uh, what's your question? Quickly, we'll try to answer it. Quick question is uh, you guys uh, keep talking about signing like the papers with, with regards to a severance package. Mm-hmm. What if you don't sign, you didn't sign anything and you were, were still given uh, like a you know, severance pay? Is that a, dis- a discretion of the company or... Do you need some sort of legal document to sign? Well, if you didn't sign, that's good. That means that you haven't given up your rights. So if the company paid you, the question is, did they pay you enough? And, and again, I, I don't know anything about your situation, and I, unfortunately I can't get into the details. But what right. I can tell you, chances are, 90-plus percent chance that whatever the company gave you was a heck of a lot less than what you're actually owed. So we can we can absolutely help you with that. So call me. I'm gonna John is gonna give you the number right now, and let's actually speak privately and get into the details and make sure we know how much you're owed, and then go ahead and get you that. We'll wrap it with that, Rick. That number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. And until we get to the weekend show, you will catch us on the weekend as well. Uh, as well, Saturday mornings, ten a.m. Employment Hour and thirty on Global TV. There's also uh, a way to get a hold of you or through email. Help at employmenthour.com. And always, always check it first. Severance pay calculator.com we'll do it for another wednesday night this has been the employment hour it's back to on point with alex pearson now right here on global news radio